This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to Through the Ringer. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and Conference Championship Weekend just wrapped up, and you know what that means. We get to break it down with the one, the only, Cousin Sal. Sal, great to see you. Great to see you, but don't be so excited, Tate. That <laughs> means there's only one game left, and we're going to have oh, nothing yeah. to talk about. We're going to have to oh, talk about like Bachelor in Paradise or something. Yeah, we can maybe talk about the PGA Tour. I'm sure Harry's uh, all up to speed on what's happening in the bowling world. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can figure out, but uh, it's going to be a long stretch ahead. Uh, dark days, but for now, we do have football to talk about, and right. uh, I'm excited because we get to talk about some great games, and it started on Sunday with the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens hosting their first AFC Championship game, and that was probably the best news for the Baltimore fans uh, in this day. So what was your first takeaway just watching this game, and then we'll get into the details? My first takeaway is, wow, the Chiefs came out and just sucked the life out of the building. I don't know, is it right. a building if there's, like, no walls, like, enclosing? But anyway, whatever it is, <laughs> like, it's seven, eight-minute drive, whatever Mahomes did, spinning around, throwing screen passes over the middle, whatever he did worked. And you could tell, like, the Ravens took forever to get back into it, and that's kind of what you have to do. I mean, Packers did it to the Cowboys. I'm going to wipe away a tear here. But that was my first takeaway. It's going to be an uphill battle for the Ravens if they get out to a slow start. Yeah, surgical drive for the Kansas City Chiefs. Looks like the Chiefs that we know and uh, have seen in the Super Bowl, like we saw last year. And then the Ravens respond. Uh, first quarter Ravens, they've been able to play well in the first quarter. They get a touchdown drive, and it looks like, okay, all things are pointing to uh, the Ravens are going to handle business here. But then from there... It was just an epic collapse after collapse, and uh, Pat Mahomes continues to be Pat Mahomes. And the real star was Travis Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards, one touchdown in this game. And the real note is that he passed Jerry Rice for the most postseason receptions in NFL history at 152. I had to fact check that, Sal. I had no idea that was the case. I looked up. I didn't know much about this Jerry Rice fellow, so I did some research <laughs> myself. But no, Pretty I was good. all set to be on here and say, oh, my God, there were so fewer playoff games back in the day when Rice did it. But no, 
Jerry Rice did it in 29 games. Kelsey did it in 21. The one drawback is Rice didn't have like a pop superstar in the luxury box screaming at Joe Montana <laughs> to hit her boyfriend with a pass, whether it be Madonna mm. or Gladys Knight or someone like that. But uh, kudos to Kelsey. He really did a great job. And by the way, I was one who left him for dead. We went eight straight weeks without scoring a touchdown. There was some reason for concern, but he really does know when to step it up. Yeah, he knows how to step up and he knows how to make big plays. And it does feel like there's just some playground aspects to him and that relationship that he has with Pat Mahomes. Let's talk about Pat Mahomes. He's 30 for 39 in this one. 241 passing yards, one touchdown, and he completed all 10 of his first 10 passes in this game. He was electric from the start, but they only put up 17 points in this game. But right now we're talking about Pat Mahomes. Bill Simmons said to you, he might be the GOAT across all sports. <laughs> Where do you stand on Pat Mahomes? I didn't fall for that because he just wants me to compliment Tom Brady. He's genius. I, uh, I actually did fall. He, he, he might be. I, I put him up against Joey Chestnut. I think that's the only <laughs> rival uh, as far as the best in the game and most accomplished. But yeah, he did. This is a different version of him, right? He was yeah. game manager, Patrick Mahomes, and was the best at it. Like you said, completed all 10 passes in the first quarter. That was huge. That took all the momentum away from the Ravens, what they would have had. Nine for 13, like you said, on third down. Uh, every four-yard screen, every seven-yard pass over the middle, hitch play, clean and crisp. And look, they say the most important drives of the last few. I really thought it was the first few because, like I said, that changed the momentum. It changed the pace of the game, and the Ravens never got in it. And they didn't even score in the second half, and they still kept them out of it. Yeah, one touchdown drive in this game. It happens at the first quarter. Let's talk about the Ravens because there are conversations about Lamar Jackson that are, of course, going to happen uh, when you have this type of performance. 326 total yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, there's a simple question, and we'll start there, Sal. Do you think Lamar did enough in this game, or is this another kind of uh, you know un unfortunate and uncomfortable conversation about Lamar Jackson? No, I don't think he did enough. I don't want to put all the blame on him. There's play calling issues, which we'll get to in a second, I'm sure, but... You know, he, he didn't do enough. That pass into triple coverage was not MVP-esque, right? He mm. should be doing more at home to win the game. And, and some of his, his passes didn't, didn't look sharp, right? Even sidearm, whatever it was, was getting them batted down. Wasn't good. I think it would be hilarious if he asked for a contract extension after all this, but I don't know if that's uh, top of his mind right now. Yeah, it might be uh, not the best time to go into negotiations for Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, he threw it to Isaiah Likely uh, in triple coverage. That was not a good idea. And I have a stat for you. In six career playoff games, Jackson has completed just 57% of his passes for six touchdowns and six interceptions. He's also been sacked 24 times. I feel like that was the biggest story in this game. Lamar Jackson just kept holding on to the ball too long, Sal. Yeah, and listen, we, we're not going to mention, you know, you'll, you'll do the talk radio things. You'll hear 20 minutes of analysis on this, and you won't mention Steve Spagnuolo's name at all. You won't hear it at all. I'm going to mention it, and I just did. Defensive like coordinator for the Chiefs, shut down the Ravens. But it's not exciting to give anyone credit, right, Tate? In this business of ours, you have to chop people down. That <laughs> is where it's at in this sports media world. Yeah, and uh, the Ra speaking of chopping people down, there's going to be a lot of chopping, a lot of finger-pointing at the Ooh, Ravens' play calling. Good one. Uh, Todd Munkin is the guy that people are pointing at. Only 28% uh, of play calls in this game were run plays, and obviously the Ravens are known for running the football. They were playing from behind. That is sort of the rationale for why that was the case. But did it feel like they lost their identity a little bit on the offensive side of the football? Yeah, and I lost my identity as someone who knows what they're talking about in terms of football yeah. because all week I'm screaming about how the Chiefs are 28th against the run and the Ravens are third and this is going to be exploited and the time of possession is going to be 38 to 
you know, 22. I think I may, may even pick those exact numbers for the Ravens. And it was exactly the opposite. You know, it was, it was terrible. They really didn't have a chance. And there was no reason. There was a reason. Like, I know the Chiefs scored first. But like you said, the Ravens evened things up and never went down by more than 10. So it's not like they're down 28 points. They had to throw the ball. They should have run. They should have run with the running back. And they should have run on early downs. And they didn't do any of that. Yeah, and we learned in this game that rookies do make mistakes in the playoffs. Uh, Flowers, Zay Flowers was the conversation point. He gets a taunting penalty that pushed them uh, back on the verge of field goal range. And then he dives for the end zone, uh, you know, on another drive and, and tries to go for the touchdown. Bill Belichick says you never die for the end zone unless it's fourth down. That was a Lombardiism that he put out to the world, but he dives. Ooh. Ball gets punched down. It's a touchback. Um, Zay Flowers obviously very upset after this game. I mean, the whole team, uh, the Ravens were mad. That was the conversation after the game. But Zay Flowers. Did you feel for a rookie having two big moments in this game that kind of didn't go his way? No, I felt for me because I had to adjust it <laughs> over total points Fair. over 13 and a half or something for the Ravens and they didn't get there. I don't know if you checked the box score, but yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was a triple threat, right? He did the taunting penalty, which by the way, they had a call for him. You know, he uh, did the ball thing. He tapped the guy on the head and did a little dance. So that's the taunting. He did the thing where the ball got uh, shoved out of his hand. He fumbles at the goal line. And then I think he cuts his hand on the bench yeah. right, right Upset, after the play. Right. So please don't take it out on me and the betters and the Ravens fans. Yeah, he was. Uh, there was a lot of helmets being thrown, a lot of smacking of tables on that Baltimore sideline, and they are very upset, and they will be talking about this for a long time during the offseason. Now let's talk about the NFC game. we got the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Detroit Lions, and Detroit came out and just smacked them in the mouth early in this one, Sal, and they go into halftime up 17 points. There's a lot of people that are expecting the Detroit Lions, the possibility that they could go to a Super Bowl, which is insane to think about. The last time that happened, Sal, the Whopper was invented. I don't know if you saw that graphic, but... But uh, shout out to Burger King for getting that nice little integrated ad there. Um, But the 49ers come back in this game, 27 straight points, and they win the race to 30. Uh, How are we feeling about the Lions? Is this more of a collapse or a historic comeback? What side of the fence are you on there? Uh, Well, can it be both? It has to be one, right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's both. (laughs) I feel like I feel it's more of a collapse, you know, because the Lions had so many so many opportunities to put it away. And I know Dan Campbell's getting blamed, but I don't put him at the top of the list. I think these drop passes are huge. I don't know what happened. What the Maybe his halftime speech was to drop the passes. Maybe that was it. And if that's the case, then it is his fault. But listen, the fourth and threes, the fourth and twos, you're going to make some, you're going to miss some. That was his go-to all year. He was an aggressive coach. Um, they didn't drop passes. That was the thing. So where they came out, they were running the ball hard. They were flying to the sticks, whether it was Gibbs or Montgomery or running it, gashing them up the middle. That seemed to be their game plan that was working. But again, the drop passes are not going to help. You needed one of those, one of those to be grabbed and held and kept in there for a Lions win. Yeah, it all started uh, when they went for it on fourth and two at San Francisco's 28. Goff's pass fell incomplete, and then from there it felt like the entire game turned. Uh, there was another fourth down conversion decision not to go for the field goal there. They end up losing by three points. So that was the conversation, of course, people trying to point at Dan Campbell. But he's not really an analytics guy, right, Sal? He's more of a Sean Payton, I go for it on fourth down to keep you on your heels type of coach. And he's very aggressive, and uh, he's been doing that all season, so he went back to his bread and butter. Yeah. The, the unfortunate part for Lions fans is that after the game, Dan Campbell was brutally honest. He said, this may have been our only shot, Sal. He he did not do the classic, uh, we will be back next year. How do you feel about that? 
I think, uh, you know, he's only managing expectations so that Eminem doesn't murder him a decade from now when they haven't <laughs> made it back call. to the championship game. But listen, I, listen, it's not like the AFC. That's why I don't think, in a way, this was as bad a loss as the Ravens suffered, as the Bills suffered even last week, uh, the week before. I do think they can continue this run. Look, Dak, Love, Purdy, Hurts is not Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, and Jackson. So I think they have a little easier run to the championship game going forward than any AFC counterpart. Mm. Let's talk about Brock Purdy because he did throw his first career interception in the playoffs, but he does get a big win, kind of a chip off his shoulder a little bit here. And you could tell that he was very excited to celebrate. A lot of pressure was on Purdy. What were your thoughts about his performance in the second half and getting this team back on track and getting this team now to the Super Bowl? Well, first of all, I looked it up. You know, he was like a second round pick, like a late second. Was he early third? Early second, mm. late second, early third round pick? Somewhere in there. I don't know. I, I have to recheck my stats. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, look, Clutch, <laughs> look at his second half numbers against the Packers. Look at his second half numbers against the Lions. Outstanding. Listen, we'll pretend that spiral he threw at the Lions' second, uh, safety's head um, shouldn't have been intercepted at 2410. We'll pretend mm-hmm. that. What's his name? Kendall Vindor. Yeah, you have right. a new Kindle vendor. Uh, yeah, I, I just got it for Christmas. Uh, think, thanks great. to my mom. Yeah, it was uh, a big bring gift. It, bring it on a plane. It's the best. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, easy reading. Yeah, so I, I don't want to say anything bad about Brock Purdy. He was phenomenal. He took off. I think his longest run was 15 yards before last night, and then he had, or Sunday night, he had three runs Um greater than that and he needed all the yards he can get on them yeah a lot of scrambles in this game for Brock Purdy that were very pivotal scrambles kind of showed his ability to be able to run the football and then also Christian McCaffrey it helps when he has 132 yards and two touchdowns so uh the San Francisco 49ers and the uh Pat Pat Mahomes led Chiefs now in the Super Bowl this is a rematch obviously that we saw back in 2019 so will be a fun game to say the least the Chiefs got the best of them last time we'll see what happens and now time now it's time Sal to play my favorite game over under reactions Oh, uh, yes. I heard that you like this game. Okay, I love this game. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Uh, let's start with the first one. After this comeback, Kyle Shanahan, coach of the 49ers, is forgiven for blowing a 28-3 Super Bowl lead. Of course, he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons back then. Over or under reaction, Sal? <laughs> well, it depends who you're talking about. If, if you're talking about he's forgiven by Falcons fans, <laughs> I'd probably say it's an overreaction. I haven't polled them, but I have a feeling they, they hold it against them still, the 28-3, yeah. just because. But 49ers fans... Uh, I think they're excited about this going forward. He still has to win the Super Bowl to completely shed that tag of big game choke artist, I think, coach, and put himself in the names and the likes of Reed and, God forbid I say, Belichick, but Tomlin, guys like that to win big games. Yeah, I like it. Next one. Despite the win, Taylor Swift should be disappointed in Travis Kelsey for bullying Justin Tucker before the game. If you didn't see this, he threw Tucker's helmet away from him uh, to, to make some space for Pat Mahomes. A lot of people were upset about this. Over or under reaction, so? Well, I think it's an underreaction. I think six years from now, when she records a song about an ex-boyfriend who bullied a kicker in the pregame festivities, we could read between the lines and (laughs) figure out that it's going to be Travis. I don't know what Tucker was doing there in the first place. I know everyone's allowed to kick on either side in the pregame rituals, but there's no reason ever to line up a a T right on the goal line, right? So uh, he's lucky he didn't get worse than just his T tossed a few yards away. I think he was trying to intimidate him, Sal, and uh, yeah. he was smirking the entire time it was happening, and he downplayed it after the game, said it was no big deal. So it shout worked. out to Justin. Totally yeah, totally worked. Good <laughs> totally. for you, Justin. Yeah, good job. <laughs> uh, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Sal, they move into the Brady-Belichick. I'm doing, you know, the, the quote, quotations mm. there. Brady-Belichick dynasty conversation. Is that an over or an underreaction? 
Uh, I think it's an overreaction. Yeah, here, here's the conversation. Uh, are Mahomes and Reed in the same conversation as Brady <laughs> Belichick? And uh, it says, no, not yet. So that's a conversation. I think <laughs> yeah. they want to have it. Uh, yeah. Look, they don't necessarily have to get to six Super Bowl titles, but three is only half that number, Tate. I'm going to give you a little mm. math lesson now. Yeah. Three, so you got to get there. You got to get to four. You got to get to five. Maybe you could say, all right, it was a different era. And, and if Mahomes is stuck with four at 30 years old and something terrible happens, then... Okay, maybe he can make a case there. But the one he needed, though, Tate, was against Brady, ironically. Mm. Like, if you ask Mahomes, will you trade the Eagles Super Bowl win in exchange for the Bucks Super Bowl win? I think he needed to beat Brady. And then he could get that much closer, and then he maybe didn't need the six. But until then, he's got to get close to that number, I think. Yeah, that's like Michael Jordan winning a title with the Wizards over Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of what that feels like, where it right. cements the conversation. But I think you're right about that conversation is a little bit down the road. Uh, next up, Sal, Kadarius Tony will be, quote, too injured to play in the Super Bowl. We will not see him <laughs> on the field for the Chiefs. Over or under reaction? Listen, I, there's no proof of this, but Mahomes has made it known to the proper authorities on the Chiefs there. <laughs> I don't want this guy anyone near I don't want him handling my bags. You know? Yeah, right. They, I don't want him on the bus. Expensive attache <laughs> case in Vegas. I'm not having it. So I would be very surprised if he was activated for the Super Bowl. Yeah, their hand was forced. They had to play left-handed in that game. Uh, Eminem reversed the karma of Detroit's magical season by uh, giving the the bird to all the San Francisco 49ers fans. Wow. Uh, over or underreaction? Are we blaming Eminem for this loss? You're tricking me here, Tate. You're <laughs> tricking me. Why would I answer this? So I could sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue over, uh, you know how the rest goes. Uh, yeah. No, listen, unless the lyrics inspired the wide receivers to drop passes, I don't think it's Eminem's fault. It's not Eminem's fault. Uh, last one, Sal. Las Vegas will get at least one player or coach in trouble before Super Bowl Sunday. This is a real <laughs> test for the NFL in Las Vegas. Over or underreaction? I'm going to say it's an underreaction. It's been a while since we had a Eugene Robinson, Barrett Robbins uh, type situation. I'm going to say it happens, and I'm going to say it's Nick Bosa, gets wasted with the blue man group mm, and good. you know they, they steal uh mike tyson's tiger or something like that has yeah. that happened in a movie that's i don't think happened. so I, a, that sounds original that's good ip <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, good <laughs> let's call it. let's call the captains out quickly and let's do our riverboat question of the week here and the question is simple we're talking about las vegas we're talking about the super bowl so the question is who's the best vegas celebrity to handle the super bowl coin toss uh, best odds, uh, Carrot Top here at three to one. We got Mike Tyson. You just mentioned his Tiger six to mm. one. Jimmy Kimmel ten to one. Your cousin. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Kimmel there. Third best odds. Mark Davis's Barber seventy five to one in the field at even odds. Who are you taking, cousin Sal, to flip that That's coin? A tough one. I'm looking at these numbers. Boy, that is a good board. Uh, Carrot Top's the king of props. Yeah. Tyson. I don't know that I trust him. He might bite the ear off of whatever president is on that coin. Um. So that's not to be. That's Jimmy's very good with his money until he changed it all into Bitcoin. <laughs> So maybe not him. Uh, Mark Davis Barber is the best comedian in all of Las Vegas. He's oh, he's great. Yeah. Caesar's Palace. I'm going to go off the board, Tate. I'm going to say Floyd Mayweather, right? Mm. Las Vegas native. I don't think he'd use a coin. He'd use a brick of cash probably with his face on one side and his rear end maybe on the other. And what would be great about this is we would get his natural reaction to the result of the coin toss on which he would probably have bet $5 million on. So that would be exciting, I think. Give me yeah. Floyd. 
I like that. I'm going to take Jimmy. I'm going to take your cousin's odds there at 10 to 1 because they took away the L.A. Bowl from him. And, and I like this is a little one-upping. You know, he's like, you want Gronkowski to do the L.A. Bowl? Well, watch this. I'll do the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I'm going to go with That's Kimmel true. there. I like I those like odds, that. 10 to 1. It's yeah. not enough that you host the Oscars. Here. Go flip this coin and leave. Yeah, yeah, right. And letting people know you're on the biggest stage. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to do some line look-aheads for the Super Bowl and uh, a little Tate debate. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. We're here with Cousin Sal, and we are looking forward now to the Super Bowl matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Sal, can you believe it? We actually made it to the Super Bowl. That's uh, that's impressive. We did it. I believe you did. I have like <laughs> I have hard issues uh, betting on these games. So, uh, yeah, me, yeah, it was a long shot, me getting to the finish line. But, but I'm proud of you. Here. You, you still have your house. You still have, a, for, <laughs> for the most part, I think all the, the main tangible items that you need. So that's good news. And uh, now let's do some line look-aheads. And there's only one line to look at. The Kansas City oh. Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs plus one and a half in this game. And the total is at 47 and a half. Sal, how do you feel about this one? Do you like uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs getting points in this game? We don't want to first look at the line for that flag football game. The Mannings do. <laughs> I was thinking about the Pro weekend. Bowl. Like maybe, maybe we do some lines for that. That could be it's, fun. That's it. That's what it is. It's a flag football <laughs> game. Um, I'm going to say something, Tate. First of all, I don't know if you listen to guess the lines, but it was the most controversial mm. guess the lines ever with me and Simmons. I guess two. He says, oh, I wanted to guess two. You know what? <laughs> Just to be different, I'll guess one and a half. And guess what? The uh, one and a half. One yeah. and a half. So I'm appealing mm. this with Fandle. There will be lawsuits. It's not going to be pretty. There's going to be dogs uh, having diarrhea. Lot, lots going on. Oh, here. man. Anyway, going to be a lot. <laughs> one and a half. Uh, well, let me ask you, Tate. What did you think? I mean, I would, I would think like the casual better would think the Chiefs should be favored in this game. What did you think when you saw one and a half right away? I thought it was shocking. And uh, mm -hmm. the fact that you are able to get points and Pat Mahomes and this Chiefs defense feels very, very insane to me. And it is, I mean, the same thing even with Baltimore. The Chiefs going down to Baltimore, you felt like, wow, you're getting points with Pat Mahomes. You feel pretty good about that. So I was pretty shocked by this line. I thought the Chiefs are going to be favored by two and a half in this game. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that it is one and a half the other way, um, that, that seems like some value to have Pat Mahomes on your side. Yeah, has Vegas, has Fandle not learned their lesson they had chiefs installed as a four and a half point underdog and got slaughtered even though mm -hmm. i think they needed the chiefs to win that game in order to get money i don't care i'm not worried about anyone's <laughs> success there on the book side but uh I, I gotta say going into this what is this a tuesday 
um, you know, 12 days before the Super Bowl. I'm 50-50 on this. I don't remember a Super Bowl where I didn't have a lean at all. I know what you're saying. It's crazy. At the end of it, we're going to be like, oh, my God, how do we not bet the Chiefs getting points in the Super Bowl? But I think this is razor tight. I really do. Really, really tight. Are razors even tight? I'm not even sure. But this, I think, is going to be close. I need a couple days before I – I think they got it somewhat right at one and a half. Yeah, and the Niners were up with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And there was one deep ball in that Super Bowl that if Garoppolo completes the yeah, they completes yeah. that pass, we're we're having a different conversation. He might even be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers right now. Yeah. Um and we're talking about Jimmy G very differently. So we've seen these two teams play each other. They are very similar as far as the makeup in the NFC and the AFC. They are the class of each conference. It is very hard to decide, but at the end of the day, the Neanderthal brain says, I'm either gonna take Pat Mahomes, who some people think is already the greatest, you know, athlete of all time. We just talked about that earlier. Or I'm going to take Brock Purdy, who there still seems to be some questions out there about where Brock Purdy's ceiling really is. So um, that is what leads me to think that Kansas City getting points is a great bet. Um, and uh, at plus one and a half, I don't know how you don't take it, Sal. But like you said, let's wait a few days. Let's let it marinate. Well, yeah, and we'll see what happens. It's one of those things where you like if you take Mahomes and you lose, you're like, I don't care. What are you going to point at me and laugh? I took Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> One of the top right. two or three quarterbacks we've ever seen, you know. So right. um, I don't know. It depends, but I got to do a little more research than that. You know, I'm one in eleven, Tate. So I'm probably not the one to ask anyway. The fact that he's going to four Super Bowls in six <laughs> years, I mean, that is insane. And and if Very he doesn't good. go to the Super Bowl, he goes to the conference championship game. So that's pretty much where you are with Pat Mahomes. It's a good bet at this point. So uh, if you could get Michael Jordan during the '90s with plus money, I think you'd take that, you know. And if you lose, you say yeah. congratulations uh, to the Orlando you Magic love in this 1995. Michael Jordan guy. You can't yeah, it's, it. it's, <laughs> a, it's a great player. Uh, let's look at the MVP <laughs> odds. Uh, Pat Mahomes, the favorite, Sal, plus one thirty. Brock Purdy, plus two ten. McCaffrey, plus four eighty. And Kelsey at plus 2,200. I like that number, Sal. Who, who, who do you like here for Super Bowl MVP? Well, I mentioned with Simmons, you have to put a little on Kelsey, right? Because mm-hmm. the guy has a world on a string, okay? So it might just be that everything is going right for him. Like, you may have had to give him the MVP of that AFC Championship game, right? With 11 catches on Sunday. So if he has a similar game, if it's low scoring like that, and he has like 11 catches for 130 yards and a touchdown and proposes to Taylor Swift and <laughs> announces his retirement, maybe even be mm. beforehand, you're going to want that 22-23-1. to 1. We talked about this, I think, last week. 15 out of the last 20 were quarterbacks. We've had some defensive players win. We had some receivers. We had Cup and Edelman win just in the last five years. So anything could really happen. But you're probably right just looking at Mahomes at plus 130 or Purdy at plus 210. Yeah, it is uh, shocking to think that, you know, those odds are favoring the quarterbacks. And I say that a little sarcastically, but Kelsey at plus 2200 is uh, insane because he is everywhere. He's going to be the talk of the town. You're going to have Taylor Swift apparently flying back from Japan. Sal, mm-hmm. have you ever seen such a phenomenon where people know so much about what someone's up to? I mean, that that is a fascinating thing that's happening in this world right now. Yeah, people immediately got on <laughs> ways and figured out which toll booth she should uh, avoid and, and the ferry over <laughs> from Tokyo to Las Vegas. Vegas. It really is crazy. We are a bunch of losers, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it might just be getting worse. Sal, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, that's where we are. So there you have it. That's the uh, the line look ahead, the one line look ahead. And now we're going to have some fun here. We're going to do the Tate debate. I have five debates I want to propose to you, Sal, and mm. we'll figure out where we stand on them. The first one: Do we have the two best teams in the Super Bowl this year? Do you believe that? Is 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 it basically we really break it down and say it is the Niners are the best in the NFC? They're the class of the NFC, and the Chiefs are the class of the AFC. Do we feel good about it? This match? Uh, no, the two best teams are the Cal. 
Cowboys and the Lions, <laughs> and the Cowboys yeah. are the best team because they beat the Lions. So yeah, um, that, that's how I, I don't see how anyone else could look at it differently. But no, I'm okay with this. Really, I am. I don't I don't need the one seeds to have to advance uh, all the time. And the 49ers are a one seed. They were right on top of it, right? The best in the NFC. And look, Ravens, Chiefs, you can say what you want. The Chiefs stood up when it was when it meant most. And they're there again for like the sixth, was it seventh time now? This is insanity what uh, mm. they're putting everybody through. So, yeah, I'll sign off on these two being the best. Yeah, two best teams. Uh, it's also one of those uh, matchups where you have a lot of people reaching out to you there. It's like, I hate both teams or, or right. you know, like I, I wish both teams could lose. And I think that's typically the best case scenario for a Super Bowl yeah. matchup. That means that the two best teams are there. Uh, next one, Sal. Who is this the biggest legacy game for? Is it Mahomes, Shanahan, Purdy, um, you know, Travis Kelsey, potentially, if this is if this is his last game? Who do you think this is the biggest legacy game for? I, I don't know, like, if the, these guys care about it. This might just be a media thing where we have to say, legacy. it's fine. I'm happy to discuss this with you. Yeah, let's do it. As far as the sports world is concerned, it's still it's still Mahomes because it's not enough that he's the top two or three best that we've ever seen, right? Yeah, he has to, We have to compare him to Montana. Does he pass Montana? How close is he to Brady? We discussed this if he's in the conversation. So I would still say it's on Mahomes' back. I don't know. This is ridiculous to say, but uh, Purdy is always going to be labeled as Mr. Irrelevant. I'm sure he would rather people not approach him and say, hey, you don't belong here. You know, <laughs> you were barely picked in the draft. He's like, OK, can we move on from that? But also Shanahan. I said Shanahan was the number one storyline. We mentioned it earlier. I think to be placed in the big name coach category, he kind of has to win this. And if you have Shanahan and John Lynch, just say, for example, these two guys, this this kind of match made in heaven, whatever you want to call it, they get a Super Bowl. And now you start talking about, well, they can win without it being who, like, it could be anybody, it could be the quarterback, but their right. system still works. And I think that helps the Kyle Shanahan argument. So I like that as well. Um, and if Mahomes loses to Purdy, Joe Montana is going to be very happy because I think that helps his legacy. And All we'll right. remember that for a long time. So He's maybe probably, maybe, out on, you know, secretly rooting for the 49ers anyway. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deep down, he is. Uh, next one, Sal. Is Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, race to 30 campaign more successful than my race to 69? If you don't know the race to 69, it's the oh. Lawler's Law of college basketball. First team to 69 wins the game, Sal. Uh, ben Johnson, the race to 30, they, they looked like they were on their way. 24 points in the first half, but they ended up losing the race to 30. So yeah. uh, what are your thoughts? No, I think your race to 69 is a more formidable race. I actually mm. think you should be head coaching the commanders next year as a result <laughs> um yeah look uh, the thing with the race to 30 is you have to win the race to 30 like you That's can't true. get to 27 and then take your foot off the gas or do stupid things so win the race to 30 if you're going to make your whole thing about the race to 30 it might be easier for you though tate with the race to 69 all you do is wait for somebody take a picture of the score and then you repost it on <laughs> yeah. twitter so i don't know i, know. I don't want to give you too much credit i'm sorry well 93 percent of the time it works all the time so so uh is that right know, yeah that's the race to 69 93 percent of the time works all oh, the time. hold on i just got it <laughs> i just got race yeah. to 60 okay all right let's yeah. move on You're there you go uh, yeah just <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just just got it it just hit you oh my goodness uh next up so are the falcons the atlanta falcons yes that team actually better off now without Lamar Jackson and Bill Belichick. Uh, how do you it. feel about that? Debate? I love that they passed on <laughs> Belichick. The only thing funnier is if they had brought him in for a third interview. And I know it's hyperbole, and I, I, I said it last night. The Falcons kind of look like winners after Sunday, but uh, with the Belichick and passing on Lamar. But the truth mm -hmm. is, 
they may have gone to the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. So I'm not going to say that just yet. Yeah, they uh, they would be a much more formidable team, especially playing sure. in the NFC South. They had Lamar Jackson. Uh, last one. This is talking draft because now we're getting into that season. Uh, as we get closer to the Super Bowl, we get into draft season. Are we sure that there are at least two franchise quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL draft, Sal? Uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May, the proverbial two guys. But it's a lot of talent at the quarterback position in this draft. No way. No way we could be sure. They're not mm. even franchise quarterbacks for their colleges. It didn't <laughs> even go far, right, as far as yeah. polls go. Uh, in their last year, um, you know, that's why tanking is ridiculous. The thought of it in this league, there's too many Josh Rosen, Zach Wilson's, Demarcus Russell's out there. And also there's Brock Purdy's out there. We can get for the very last pick. You can wait a couple of days. So I don't know where this puts the scouts uh, in terms of uh, if they should get their 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 pay uh, cut or something. But they're as right as they are wrong about Purdy. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited about this draft. I do think that there are some really good quarterbacks, but one of my matches that I want to make is Michael Penix. We just saw the natural championship game going to the Seahawks. I feel like Penix, a year behind Geno Smith, he already knows that area. The PNW already loves him, so I could like I would like him going like 15 to the Seahawks. I'm just Makes throwing sense. that out there, Sal. That'd be yeah, a fun one. We want yeah, to see. Be... We, you know, we thought Pickett to Pittsburgh was great too, be the local kid, and uh, now we can't stand watching. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it goes wrong. Uh, one last thing, Sal, before I let you go. Track to the future. Uh, we're looking at the future odds here for the Super Bowl, the 2025 Super Bowl. Your Cowboys plus 1500 <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. So how do you feel about that? You like that? Stand watching. Uh, yeah, this is always the most depressing prop out there on the board. Mm-hmm. Futures bet. Uh, what is it? 15 to 1? Can I bet minus yeah, 2,500 that they won't? Oh, that, that. yeah, you can take that. that. <laughs> Maybe you put the house points. on that. That could, yeah. that could be, you know, that could be the year. Bring Heifetz in. I'm back to being depressed again. Oh, man. Well, Sal, before we bring in Danny Heifetz, can you uh, tell us to where, where we can watch all your shows and then we'll let you go enjoy your Tuesday? Cousin Sal's winning weekend, Friday mornings on FanDuel TV. Listen to Against All Odds there uh, twice a week. And we have a week off, but Ringer Wise Guys Super Bowl Sunday will be there for you on the pregame show. Can't wait. Uh, Appreciate you coming on the show, Sal, as always. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks here on Through the Ringer. We'll see you then. Race to 69. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. Joining us now, you know him from the Ringer NFL Draft Show and the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. He is Danny Heifetz. Danny, great to see you. And where are you right now? You're in Mobile, Alabama. (laughs) Is that correct? Yeah, I'm in Mobile, Alabama. You know, that's I I was going to go to the Super Bowl in Vegas and I, I just had the wrong place. (laughs) <laughs> well, let me just say uh, kudos to you for going out there and fighting the good fight. It is draft season. As we get closer to the Super Bowl, everybody's going to be asking questions, and we will get to the draft and the Senior Bowl. That's why you're down there. But let's start with Lamar Jackson. You wrote a piece for the Ringer.com, and the headline is simple, a nightmare ending to Lamar Jackson's dream season. Let's start there because uh, it hurt my heart to watch this game, Danny. So I know it hurt to write this article about Lamar Jackson and their last game this season. 
I mean, that was kind of the theme of the weekend between the Lions and the right. Ravens, right? Like, it's not even dreams deferred. It's crushed, just absolutely soul-crushing losses uh, through and through. It was kind of brutal being at the game with the Ravens in the locker room. Like, it was just genuinely, like, disbelief. But I, I don't know, Tate. It's crazy because I think that what's heartbreaking was this is the Ravens' season. You know, mm-hmm. how the Ravens have been so snake-bit for so long. You know, Lamar was out for the playoff game last year. They had Tyler Huntley a couple years ago. The Ravens were the most injured team by in terms of actual snap-weighted uh, injuries in, like, 20 years. The Ravens were the healthy team this year, right? All the Ravens had to do was beat the worst Kansas City Chiefs team in seven years. Yep. And they couldn't do it. Yeah, and you were there in Baltimore. You were in the stadium. Steven Ruiz, I saw, was there with you. So shout-out to our Ringer crew being in the building in person watching this game. What was the reaction, just, like, visceral reaction from the fans in the moment? Like, for example, the likely interception where he throws it basically into triple co- coverage. Where where does that rank, and, like, how could you feel? Was it palpable, the energy of the crowd in that moment? After that Isaiah likely interception that Lamar Jackson threw, it was silent. Mm. I, I think I could have yelled and the Lamar Jackson would have heard me. It was yeah. so quiet. And honestly, after, it was just really sad. That was the biggest game of Lamar's career. That was easily the biggest game in the history of that stadium. I mean, the Baltimore hadn't hosted a championship game in 50 years. So it's, it's just sad, man. It's just that Mahomes and we're living in the dominance. Everyone's under his shadow. And Pat Mahomes is now appearing in his fourth Super Bowl. Two and one, obviously, in the Super Bowl. The one loss is to Tom Brady. He goes 30 for 39 in this one. 241 yards, one touchdown. And he completed all 10 of his passes in the first quarter. What was that like? How deflating was that in the building when Pat Mahomes is just 100% accurate and goes down and scores a touchdown on the first drive? You know... Your old co-host, Mike Lombardi, always used to say it's not quarters or halves, right? There's three-thirds to a game. The first third of that game, the first 20 minutes, was capital E epic. The Chiefs, Mm. like, the two drives were unbelievable. It was, I felt like you were watching Picasso paint. Like, Patrick Mahomes just, and Kelsey just on all cylinders. Uh, And then the Lamar responding, like, they each went for it on fourth. The Ravion talks about this, all the Lions discourse with the fourth downs. The Ravens went for it on fourth and one at their own 34-yard line on the first drive. They literally got the ball, kickoff, couldn't get a first down, went for it on fourth and one, 30 yards from their own end zone. It was like, oh, we're going to get this epic game between mm-hmm. Lamar and Mahomes. The middle third was defense, and then the final third was the Ravens dominating, two turnovers in the end zone, and so they never got to score. And it was so weird. Like The beginning, as you mentioned, was supposed to be this epic thing, and it felt like it delivered. And by the end, the Ravens probably should have won, but they just kept turning the ball over the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, Lamar, every time that he, I mean, he's two and four now in the playoffs, and it does feel like every time there, there's some sort of, you know, obviously there's backlash from the people that are, you know, trying to, you know, celebrate the fact that he did not play well. But then there's also people that are like, well, he needs this, he needs that. Do we think that Lamar still needs like a number one receiver? Because OBJ, he was MIA until the fourth quarter. He gets a big catch there. Flowers is a rookie and then has, you know, two rookie mistakes to say the least. Likely is a guy that not, not tier one. Andrews coming off an injury wasn't the same guy that we've seen before like does Lamar still need a number one guy is that still a valid conversation to have at this point no they drafted Zay Flowers in the first round they also drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round Bateman hasn't been that good but the reality is the Ravens have come a long way since they had Nelson Aguilar as their number one Nelson Aguilar is like their fifth option now what the, right. the Ravens needs a real running back the Chiefs weakness is the run the Ravens no like like uh, Gus Edwards had three carries Justice Hill had like three carries in this game so I think I look at it, and it, it, we've almost come full circle, where at the beginning it was like, oh, well, the Ravens can run. Can Lamar throw? And in this game, we're like, well, Lamar's 
has to do everything. He's throwing to himself, for God's sake. So it's like, all right, I think they need to run. Yeah, exactly. When he caught his own pass, I think that's when we were all like, does he need more pass catchers out there to help him out? Um, one last thing before we uh, take a break. Giselle was wrong. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Right. That's right. Good no, point. Giselle was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, Tom Brady loved to see that. Um, you, there's a lot of conversation, Danny. There's a big debate, the grand debate about where Pat Mahomes ranks, you know, the goat tears people are talking about. Brady, is he now getting into that conversation as far as like the quarterback goat conversation or like, should we temper the expectations? Where do you stand on this debate? Because if you watch any of the shows today, the car wash or sports shows, this is all they're talking about. Where does Pat Mahomes sit? Where Where is he? on the throne of all thrones what say you with this argument so Patrick Mahomes will never be the goat because he just mm. lost to Tom Brady's Super Bowl like imagine if Michael Jordan's Wizards had beaten LeBron yeah. and the Cavs like right. there would be no Great conversation right that's what happened with and they they won by 32 basically mm-hmm. 21 or whatever having said that I think what's incredible about Mahomes is I kind of don't know how you can argue he's lower than third that's what's amazing to me. It's like Mahomes is, or sorry, Tom Brady's in his own tier at number one. I mean, Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than any NFL franchise. We don't really talk about that enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, right. like, like, he gets his own tier. Joe Montana and Patrick Mahomes are the second tier. I think that's what's incredible. Is Patrick Mahomes is twenty eight years old, and I, we could go through the history if you want to compare him to Montana, but like it, Mahomes is already basically locked up the third spot, and he's twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah, which is insane. And uh, the other crazy part about this is that Brock Purdy, if he were to beat him, like the same way, your same argument with the Tom Brady Super Bowl, if Brock Purdy were to beat Matt, Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, did that take him down a tier? So now it's like Tom Brady tier, Joe Montana tier, Pat Mahomes tier. Now now he's like, he is in the goaded conversation, but he's not on the same. Can Brock Purdy do that? I think is now the conversation that we're all going to have if he actually wins this game. I, no one knows what Brock Purdy could do, man. I, I do think that everyone just agreeing that Mahomes is the GOAT and everyone just picked the Chiefs, everyone bet on the Chiefs, doesn't matter the line. Like, And then Brock Purdy winning, and then we're being like, wow, Brock Purdy led the Niners to a Super Bowl. Also, are they going to sign Kirk Cousins to replace him? Would just be, mm-hmm. like, incredible. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, Mahomes, I think what's incredible is, like, nine days ago we were talking about whether Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes is the new Manning, is the new Manning Brady, right? Mahomes is Manning and Brady. It's like if you look mm-hmm. at that, what the Manning-Brady arguments were, it was Brady team success. You know, what happened if Peyton and Manning swapped? Like Peyton has, like, and Brady's better coaching, but Peyton has all the MVPs and awards and stats. But then Bill Simmons and people would argue, well, Bra- all that matters is winning. And, you know, who cares if Manning gets all the credit for a team that didn't win? Mahomes is all of that. Mahomes has 5,000-yard seasons, 50 touchdown passes, MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs, everything Peyton had. But he has all the playoff success of Tom Brady. I think the craziest thing is that he has, he's not, Patrick Mahomes has never not made an AFC championship game. Yeah, right, right. And he might <laughs> he might play for 12 more years. I mean, that's the other part. I mean, he's got a lot yes. more football ahead of him, which is the even more insane part. Like, he's way ahead of schedule. And uh, that is the scariest part for everybody else in the NFL. I, Mahomes is 14-3 and three in the playoffs. An NFL team did not go 14-3 and three this season, in the regular season. Hmm. Let's just let's just leave it there because Pat Mahomes is incredible and there's a lot of people and a lot of teams out there that are trying to find the next Pat Mahomes or at least somebody that compete against him. We're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk to Danny about the Senior Bowl and the NFL draft ahead. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Through the Ringer. We're here with Danny Heifetz. And in case you missed it in the first segment, welcome back. Danny is in Mobile, Alabama right now at the Senior Bowl, getting ready for all the Senior Bowl activities. Danny, how is Mobile, Alabama right now on this uh, Tuesday morning? All right, Mobile's a really cool city. It's based, They claim like to invent it. Mardi Gras, so they basically say that they're like uh, older New Orleans. So it's like if New Orleans had a little brother you didn't know existed. Mm. And they're also saying that they created what New Orleans is most known for. So this is uh, very like Greek mythology, Roman mythology there, where they're like, we actually were first. They stole our they stole our whole flow. Um, so shout out to New Orleans uh, for taking the Mobile Steel uh, Stilo there. But uh, let's talk about some players to watch there at the Senior Bowl, because that is the reason that you are down there. And probably the most notable guy who just played the national championship game, quarterback Michael Penix. Before with Cousin Sal, I was talking about how I'd love to see him playing for the Seahawks. I don't even know if that's possible. But what is the word on Michael Penix what are people saying about him down there at the senior bowl so there's what people are saying about every all the quarterbacks and then Penix I think they call it the senior bowl this year is the super senior bowl all these guys are old like between Mm -hmm. COVID and everything like (laughs) these guys have been here for a long time Michael Penix I love Michael Penix like you know you saw him play crush Texas he's this beautiful deep ball you know the national championship game didn't go great but Michael Penix is fun to watch Michael Penix sorry Michael Penix Enrolled in college in 2018. Like, <laughs> that was six years ago, Tate. Like, Michael Penix, yeah. where were you in 2018? Because Michael Penix has been in college the entire time. Yeah, I, w- I was Marvel working in the ringer the out. first time, Danny. That, that's, that's how long it's <laughs> yeah, been. You, 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 you left. 14 <laughs> Marvel movies came out. Michael Penix was still in college. So it's Crazy. like he had four different season-ending injuries. So it's one of those things where, you know, the combine, the, another Lombardiism, you know, the medicals are the mm. number one. I think Penix is going to captivate people with the deep balls. And, you know, just incredible touch. But the reality is this guy tore his right ACL twice and then broke both his shoulders in college and then transferred to Washington, had like 8,000 yards. But, I, I mean... I personally am a little freaked out that this guy has already torn his red ACL twice. Yeah, that is always scary, a scary power position. There's another guy there that he faced off against, Bo Nix, who was back at Auburn, and then he ended up at Oregon and had a great, you know, stellar finish to his career at Oregon. You have named him Boomer Bo Nix. Um, what are what are people saying about Bo Nix, and what are, what are your reservations about what you what you expect to see from his his game? He's one of those old guys as well. Boomer Bo is 24. He's older than Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, years is, old. that is shocking. Yeah, that, that, that hits you when you hear that. I don't know what to do with these guys. You look at the outcome of you just kind of randomly were really good after we saw like four years of you not being good. Now, Joe Burrow is was old. He's incredible. Thir- 2017's one Joe Burrow. Kenny Pickett was also kind of old. Turns out he just kind of dominated some dudes that were like 19 when he was 24. So I think that's really what we're here to see. It's, you know, Michael Penix. How's his name? But also, are these guys just dominating 19-year-olds because they're almost too old for their parents' health insurance? Or do they actually just get better at football? Now let's talk about the top guys. Um, Is there a chance, Danny, that Caleb Williams is not the number one overall pick? I know that some people started leaning towards that, you know, late in November, early December. Is that real? Is that possible that someone else could actually go number one in this draft? Absolutely, it's possible because the reality Mm. is that Caleb Williams is not a perfect prospect. He's merely a very, very good one. But the reality is that Caleb Williams and Drake May are, you know, they they say in boxing styles make fights. It's also, you know, quarterback's a job. We don't talk about that enough. The job description, Caleb Williams, Drake May do their jobs very differently. And the reality is that Drake May is, you know, is kind of like the perfect prototype, prototypical system quarterback. And Caleb Williams is kind of, you know, people call him a homesian. I think Caleb Williams is kind of like Kyler Murray. 
if he, Kyler Murray were tall enough to see over the offensive line. <laughs> right. uh, Caleb Williams has an improvis yeah, he's an improvisational brilliance that is probably closer to like Mozart than another quarterback. Like there, he just sees things that aren't there. Uh, Caleb Williams also is just like an extremely divisive player, and I think that there's certainly a chance. Uh, then you got a guy like Jaden Daniels who won the Heisman, who meanwhile is the only player in FBS history with twelve thousand passing yards and three thousand rushing yards, which is amazing. But you, then again, I also kind of think it's going to be Drake May. Who you were just talking about. You're Drake May at a UNC, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Drake. And I think Drake is six foot five legit, which I think gives him a big advantage. He also gives a lot of Herbert vibes. If we're doing the shades of, as we do in our NBA draft guide, I mean, he is shades of Justin Herbert all the way through and through. Uh, I just feel like the Bears, there's no way they take Drake May after the Trubisky, you know, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes situation where, you know, they take him number two and then the other two guys are after him and they're saying, you made a big mistake the UNC because he went to the yeah, same school just because he went to the same school I, th I think they stay away and 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 maybe that's dumb but I think uh, that's why the Panthers didn't want CJ Stroud <laughs> exactly exactly which is very dumb but let's I mean these are what this is these are the things that happen uh I want to talk about one of the most intriguing storylines you mentioned the Chicago Bears uh and I think I want you to make this point because the Bears are a team that has basically seemingly been looking for a quarterback my entire life uh, both of our lives and, and beyond um um, do they finally get their guy in this draft, or is this the double down? We are Justin Fields' team. Like, are the Bears the most intriguing storyline uh, during this draft? Obviously, they have number one pick. Yeah, I mean, I, as I said earlier, you know, the top three picks in this draft are the Bears, and then Washington, and then New England. So we're talking about the Bears invented the modern quarterback in I think 1946. Basically, they have not had one since. The Bears have mm -hmm. gone 80 years without a real quarterback. Washington, it's like be the face of the franchise after Dan Snyder. New England, it's replace Tom Brady. No pressure at those first three picks. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but especially the being, I, I really mean this, be the first great quarterback in Chicago. There is a deity status up for grabs. Yeah. If a, any quarterback that can be even kind of good will be a god in Chicago forever. And that is daunting, but it, whoever wants that title literally will be a legend. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, Jay Cutler is probably the best that we've seen uh, of recent times. And, and you know, that can also be argued out. So uh, Chicago, get you a quarterback. We we, we send you all of the uh, good vibes to get a quarterback. Danny Heifetz, appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck in Mobile. Where can we find all your work? And we'll let you then we'll let you go enjoy your Tuesday. Dude, hit us up, Ringer NFL Draft Show, Ringer Fantasy Football Show. It's the same thing, which is kind of confusing. We should probably name it better. But we changed the name, so look it up, whatever. But we cover the draft show. It's me, Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and we're doing Panda Watch. We're just talking about the quarterbacks every single week and also just all the other players, too. So hit us up there. We'll be coming to you from the Senior Bowl, talking about boomers and millennials and how old these quarterbacks are and everything. So yeah. thank you for having me, Tate. Of course, go listen to those guys. They have a lot of fun. They have a great show, and I uh, appreciate you coming on the show, Danny. Enjoy Mobile, and we'll see you uh, at another time. We'll have you back to talk about some draft stuff very soon. Thanks, man. Thank you. I'll let you know when I get to Vegas. <laughs> Perfect. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
All right, there you have it. Another week of Through the Ringer. We appreciate Cousin Sal, as always, being on the show. Love playing my favorite game with him and uh, love talking about the Super Bowl matchup ahead. Uh, we we did not dive into the Pro Bowl, so if you came here for some Pro Bowl breakdown, we apologize for that. Also, shout out to Danny Heifetz down there in Mobile, Alabama, doing some great work on the Senior Bowl. We, we appreciate him uh, tuning in from his own hotel room down there in Alabama, so that is some dedication to Through the Ringer. We will be back on Friday with Nora and Tyler Parker talking NBA. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in. And again, we will see you on Friday.